And what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Beer Better Sports Podcast, the podcast created by sports fans for sports fans, as we believe that we are the most qualified to talk about our favorite teams. I'm your host, Isaac. And I'm Kylie. And I'm 40. And welcome to episode 57. Uh, It's going to be a fun episode today. We have some interesting discussion topics uh, to go over. Um, let's just jump right into it because I got nothing else to say. Unless any of you guys got anything you want to add to the intro? No. No. All right. Um. So All Star Weekend in the NBA. Um. Y'all are gonna have to fill me in because I only watched the dunk contest, and that's only because somebody lit up my phone saying, "Yo, who the hell is Mac McClung and why is he so good?" And I thought, "Oh, okay. I need to, I need to turn t- turn in and see what we got here." Um. Do you want to start with the dunk contest or talk about the other stuff? Because I. I'm not going to be able to write any context for the other uh, uh, other things. I'll be honest with you. I didn't watch any of it. Not the dunk contest, not the three-point contest, not the <laughs> not the all-star game. Like, I, I don't know. I think it's – I think the NFL kind of ruined all-star festivities for me. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, ever since, like, the Pro Bowl has turned to poop um, – I don't really watch any all-star or anything anymore. And, yeah, I know that, that Mac McGlung, he great job on the dunk contest. He made it very exciting. But there's not enough big-name guys to really get you to watch those type of things anymore. Like, we would want to see, like, a Ja Moran or a, I don't know, somebody, you know. Like, maybe, like – Another round of Aaron Gordon or something like that. <laughs> Blake Griffin jumping over cars. Yeah, like the, the when when it was those guys, it was like it was fun to watch because those were like the big names at the time in the NBA and stuff like that. Like Mac McGlung, yeah, he's in the NBA. Yeah, he's known and stuff like that, but he's not a superstar. Like there's not superstar names in those events anymore, so it doesn't really mm-hmm. spark your eye to really want to jump to it and be like oh i'm watching dunk contest tonight for sure so i can't give an opinion because i didn't watch anything (laughs) i think yeah the only go ahead the only reason i watched the dunk contest is because um i i asked i was like is i asked my boyfriend i was like is mac mcclung gonna win it uh and he was like yeah he should after that first dunk like and i was like all right well i guess i'll watch it and I'm glad I did because Philly finally won something this year. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys long enough. Yeah, seriously. Uh, shut up. Beat the Astros. Um, that was uncalled but... for. <laughs> you didn't have to make it personal, but you did. And you went there. Yes, so. I did. I, I didn't have to make it personal. <laughs> How about you beat the Astros and the Chiefs? You, that's. One time that we played each of them. You guys cannot beat the Astros. <sighs> anyway. Um, I concede. You're fine. I, <laughs> I'm i curious what you guys think, though, because I feel like there's just no more interest anymore in all-star games across any sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Major League Baseball, I guess, because the Home Run Derby, and it, it's fun. But across well, with, all sports, all star games just they're not interesting anymore. You know, all star major events. Yeah, I mean with major league baseball, like 
the reason why people care about it is because it had implications on the World Series. Yeah. And every player, like all the good players, played. You don't see that. Like with the the NFL did uh, the flag football, which I guess was okay. Um, but nobody really cares. And the NBA, like nobody, nobody plays defense. It's not a competition. It's just like who can shoot the farthest three. Um, so nobody cares about that those because of those reasons. And the MLB actually made the All Star Game matter. You know, it used to be because of the NFL. The the players that were in the Super Bowl didn't do not play in the Pro Bowl, obviously. And, but every good player plays in the MLB All-Star game and it matters, especially if you are in a team on a team that's competing for a World Series, you want to try to win that game for your team potentially. So and everybody likes home runs, so of course the home run derby is gonna do something. So do you think they should do something like that with the NBA or the NHL to make uh to make the um to make the all-star games mean something to get people to take them seriously? Um because I was thinking about that. It's like there's got to be something they can do because, you, I mean, you could always just dump the idea altogether. I think they should do it with the NFL as well. I think they should do the NFL just like they do the rest of the sports and throw the Pro Bowl right in the middle of the season. Like just the best, whoever's been the best these first eight games, you come play for your side, NFC, AFC. Whoever wins the game, that's, you know, who's the home team in the Super Bowl. And you know, you can have it like that or something, or I don't, or that's who gets to host the AFC and NFC. That that's who gets to host the. I, I don't know. They can make they can make it something though. I think it would be a lot better, and a lot of people would tune into the Pro Bowl if they threw it in the middle of the season. Yeah, and I mean, I can I can understand why the NFL doesn't have it matter for the Super Bowl because, like, say. Say this past year, it was this past season. Um, the I don't even know who won the Pro Bowl, but um, was it? It was NFC, wasn't it? I think the NFC did win. I didn't yeah, watch, I think, so I couldn't tell you. I think Eli beat Peyton, and so that would have been the Eagles playing Philadelphia if you wanted to do it that way. And so the issue with that is, you're when are you gonna see? A Super Bowl in like we're not gonna have a, a I love Super this, Bowl. I, I love this though because I was just having this argument with somebody yesterday, and I was saying we need more Super Bowls like that. It would make it a lot more fun if we saw a fucking snowy Super Bowl. Like that would be yeah. Insane. Oh yeah, no, dude. One of my favorite championship games in all of sports was the 2017 Grey Cup. Toronto's playing Calgary in Ottawa in a blizzard. It was awesome. By the way, go check out that game. Last second field goal. One of the best Grey Cups of all time. Canadian football is awesome. There was a 100-yard touchdown and a 100-yard fumble return in the same game. The the last time we've seen a Super Bowl outside was the uh, Seahawks-Broncos at MetLife. Um, and, and I feel like the NFL is scared to do, scared to, uh, do uh, outdoor Super Bowls again. I have no idea why it it it's probably it would probably be the most fun thing ever. Like just imagine it's uh uh one of those a cold ass day yeah one of one of those yeah yeah like or or like 
even in Kansas City, like or or imagine Buffalo. But oh my god, Ooh. it'd be insane. Like it'd just be Lake Effect Snow just works well with football. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, if you got folk guys are wondering why I'm moving around so much, um, I'm short for time today. So after we record, so I'm doing, I'm folding my laundry, but continue going. A man's got to make time, okay? A man's got to make time. <laughs> Kylie is just looking at me like, why did I start this show with him? No, but, <laughs> but anyway, continue. I like, I like where this conversation's going. Yeah, no, that would definitely be fun though, because I, I think. And it allows it allows a lot more, like, of your fans to get there to the game, you know, because it's like some of those fans, the stadiums in their backyard, they can walk right to it and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, I mean, imagine how good it would be for small town America. We forget that the NFL, there's a lot of teams that are based in small markets. Those small markets don't get Super Bowls. Right. So the you know how good that would be for their economy. I think I'd have to double check. We have to. This better not be like an Olympic situation where (laughs) holding a major event ends up destroying a country's economy. Hold on, you guys keep talking. I want to look at the past Super Bowl matchups. Yeah, I'm trying to think of somewhere like Cleveland or Cincinnati. Like Cleveland is one of those cities that is that gets so much shit, but is not that bad. I went to Cleveland for spring break uh, back in 2019. Because me and my friends wanted to hit up both of the Hall of Fames. Oh, by the way, since I'm holding it right now, go get our merch, guys. Look at that logo on the back. Go get our merch. This stuff is oh, awesome. The wool, very too. nice. Check our Link Twitter bio. bio for our merch. Link in bio. Um, yeah, no, Cleveland's a great city. And the passion they have for their sports teams is unrivaled. They know what hardship is. They've dealt with so much hardship. And, you know, I think we dunk on them a lot. And honestly, sometimes they deserve it. <clears throat> Browns. Um, but man, like Cleveland, that city deserves something like that. Any, because yeah. I think we forget this. We try to put the Super Bowl in like tropical locations in the South or the Southwest, the Southeast, you know, or indoor stadiums. We forget football is a cold weather sport. It's meant to be played outside in freezing conditions, you know, where the ground is soggy, like, uh, like a swamp. And you know you're uh, you're you're battling in the elements. We don't get that anymore because you know, for whatever reason. And I, I think part, that's part of the soul of the game that's really missing. You know, whenever a game has bad weather, fans love tuning into it. it doesn't matter if the game is like shitty or bad or anything. It, no, it just it's, makes it makes the story better too. Because yeah. imagine watching the NFL like you know how they do. Afterwards, they show you like the uh, mic'd up on the sidelines and stuff like that yeah. on NFL Network, and they just show you the replays, but in like a different perspective. Imagine those type of things. Like you hear guys on the sideline, man, it's cold as shit out here, but we had a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, like just yeah, that's awesome. Great, yeah, like it'd be it'd be a lot more fun. Because and for, think about the storyline you could for, say for a sports writer, that's the gold mine. You know, not only are two teams going at it in a gladiator match, but there's a there's a third foe they have to fight too, and that is the most difficult foe of all, Mother Nature. Ha uh-huh, ha, yep. yeah, I know, cliche, but you see my point. So, since the beginning of the Super Bowl era, they have played in a cold weather environment four times. That's crazy. Most of it's Miami. New Orleans is a big one. The Coliseum, Los Angeles. Um, they need to play Super Bowls in the Coliseum. 
Remember when they played Super Bowls in the Rose Bowl? They played a bunch of them yeah. in the Rose Bowl. That's awesome. Yeah. Right in the shadow of the the San Gabriel Mountains or whatever they're called. Mm-hmm. I hope they're the now, San Gabriels because I they're either the San Gabriels or I just named the mountains from GTA Five. <laughs> now, I this past Super Bowl, it, while it still pains me and I am still crushed by it, we, this we was know. a great, great Super Bowl. It was. Um, Honestly, if we had this Super Bowl with last year's halftime performance, I don't know if you could have a better recent Super Bowl matchup. But with the conditions of that field, they might as well have just played outside. Yeah. Just straight up. Yeah. That field was irresponsible. Now, both, both teams did have to play on that field, obviously. But it really hindered our defense. It sucks. One thousand percent, and and it just—it's crazy to me, and ironic that the Chiefs came out in all the cleats that didn't have to be changed. They had the correct cleats from the start. I, I have a Eagles, feeling. I have a script feeling alert? That they were no. I have a feeling that they were on the field beforehand. One of the Chiefs trainers was like, "Hey guys, this turf kind of sucks. We want to we want to change cleats just to be yeah, safe." Yeah. That's exactly. I, right. I saw I saw the Chiefs slipping and sliding a little bit too, but not. I don't know if it was nearly as much as the Eagles. Um, well, but it, like I said, but like it, I said, I'm not blaming the field. Like both teams had to play on it. This is not me blaming the field. It, it oh. kind of brings back memories, and I'm going to go really deep in NFL history here. It kind of brings back memories. Are you guys familiar with the sneakers game? No. Okay. So I, 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 the, the NF, this is a great example of why the NFL needs to do a better job of teaching people their history. Is this from like the ninth? Yep. 1934 NFL championship game. Bears are playing the Giants. The field <laughs> is completely frozen over. At halftime, the Giants told their equipment manager, go to the, go to the gym down the street and get some sneakers. We'll have more traction that way. And it worked. Wild. Yeah. They, no, they but like bears. this – it's yeah. You, they they might as well have played, you know, in the snow. Um, but there have it's Minneapolis, which is in a which was in a dome. That's when the Eagles actually won. They played the um, Metrodome too once. Yeah, and then East Rutherford, New Jersey, MetLife, which will be mentioned, and so was the Seattle Denver game, which Seattle blew out Denver. Oh, I think that's. <laughs> That's like the only outdoor cold stadium because Lucas Oil can be closed. Yeah. So you know what's funny? About anything That's there, not even right? the coldest Super Bowl of all time. The coldest Super Bowl of all time was in New Orleans in the 70s. Was it really? Super Bowl six was played in like 20 degree weather or something. The, f- the, f- the fountain outside the stadium in New Orleans froze. Like the Cowboys and the Dolphins were so confused during that game. It was like, it, it, is this supposed to be Mardi Gras? What, what the hell's going on? Can, can I uh, – two things just actually came to my mind. They're off topic. It's kind of <laughs> flipped a little bit. Um, But how how do we feel about LaShawn McCoy's comments about Eric Bannemi? What did he say? I did not see What did comments. he say? Which, by the way, yeah, let's talk about that. Oh, yeah. Washington yeah. gets Bannemi. Oh, have fun with him, Calvin. He he served the Chiefs very well. Uh, he'll, he'll make a great head coach one day, but for now, have fun with him because uh, you're about to see some of the wildest things ever on the football field. And I... I, I Perfect was, guy for um, Sam Howell. Wait, what are you saying about Sam? It's a perfect... It's He's a perfect guy for Sam Howell. 
Oh yeah, to, I, I, to try to be the guy. I was just telling somebody today. Well, me and the guy were talking to t- today, another uh, Commanders fan, and I was like, "How do you feel about Sam Howell? Like, you think he's gonna be good with the enemy?" And he was like, "Well, he took Patrick Mahomes to the AFC Championship in his first year starting." And I said, "Yeah, but that's Patrick Mahomes. This yeah, is Sam Howell." Difference. And he was like, <laughs> "He was like." We don't know how he's going to develop, though. We only really seen him in one game, and in that one game, he played impressive. I said, "Okay, we have to give the guy a chance." But what if you can have a guy like Aaron Rodgers for a year, or Lamar Jackson, or something like that? And he was like, "He wouldn't even go down that line." But I don't know. But here, here's what Lashawn McCoy said: I "Hope he doesn't. I hope he doesn't. But I think he will." What's his value? What makes him a good office coordinator? See, the problem is a lot of these people that go on social media, oh, he should be the guy for the job. They haven't played there. They're not in the locker room. I've been in the rooms where he's coaching. And he has nothing to do with the pass game at all. Right? Mm-hmm. When the plays are, are designed, that's Andy Reid. When you talk about officer coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dayball with the Giants a very, very good coordinator. I can tell you what Andy Reid or Doug Peterson. But when I ask about... Um, Airbnb, what makes him good? When we watch the film of practices and we correct the, the, the wide receivers, the running backs, the, the quarterbacks, he doesn't talk in there. Andy Reid talks in there. He may say things to the running back because he's an extra running back coach. I get that. But he has no real responsibility. Now you go from the Chiefs, where you can hide behind Patrick Bones, Andy Reid. Then you, then you go to the, the Washington, where you got to call plays. You got to run the meetings. You got to run the installs. And the last issue I have with him is what makes Andy Reid so great, not the call, the, the play calls, which we see that, which, I mean, that's one of it. But the other thing is, like, adapting to the players. Well, the enemy, he's my first practice. I couldn't believe it. He's dog coaching. He's dog cussing the players. Like, and not just the regular players, Kelsey, you know, you know, other players. So it's like, it's hard for me. I'm rooting for him because he's a black coach, and I love to see black coaches win. Also, he's a running back coach. Running back coach will never get a chance to be office coordinator. The last one was, like, Anthony Lynn. So I want that to, 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 to do well for him. But if I have to do my job, to be honest, my thing is just where is the true value at? Is it then, is it to do with him? Hmm. He's making some good points there. That's, That's interesting. A lot of guys came back to quote tweet that, that played for the Chiefs. Tyron Matthew, for example, and he says, you effed up with this one. And then um, Jamal Charles says, uh, I have to find Jamal Charles' exact quote because he 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 defended the enemy. Um, now said, I, 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 did, I how long was McCoy in Kansas City? I'm trying to remember. A year, a year, a year. Okay, the year you guys won, and then he went to Tampa. So look, Cheetah, Cheetah says Cheetah Tyreek Hill. He goes. Shady just mad because uh, the enemy told him to tuck that ball. So you know, and that's coming from a top guy in that used to be in that offense. But uh, Jamal Charles says I have to disagree with you, Shady. The enemy coached me four years. I learned so many things from EB, and I still keep in contact with him. Great husband and father. He deserves to be a head coach. So, do you think Lashawn McCoy was just? being hater because that was the end of his career. He got benched at that time. 
you know, Clyde Edwards Hilaire came in and was the guy and stuff like that and wasn't LaShawn anymore because these other guys are defending him? Or do we have to give some thought about what this guy's saying and 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 think about maybe all right, he might be right. Because this this is the this is the reason that I wasn't shadowing away from what he said and I was kinda like thinking in my head like damn the enemy what what really is he gonna do like because i heard travis kelsey say one time on his podcast as far as i know andy reed's calling those plays so when you hear two guys say that now at this point but then other guys are coming out and saying oh shady's tripping shady's tripping it's like what 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 really do you believe you're the chiefs fan i think sorry i got distracted um or something. Sorry, uh, the Titans just released Ter- Taylor Lewan. I was just catching up on oh, that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah man. It's a call right now. Upgrade. <laughs> I, I, I hope for the best for the enemy. Um, of course. I don't know how long. McCoy was only there for like a year or two, so I don't know if he got the full Eric Bien-Ami experience. That's why I'm hesitant to believe him. Um, but that being said, it is Shady McCoy, so I mean. So here's my thing, though. Shady Hall of Famer, too, if you ask me. I ain't gonna lie. Absolutely. And people are gonna say, oh, his two rings are nothing. Look, dude, that dude deserved a ring during his career. If he had to go ring chasing and not play to get two, that's fine because he deserved two with how well he played. Yeah, he's a dog. I love him. I have his jersey upstairs. That's my guy. Um, We all know that Andy Reid is the psycho that's running the insane Chiefs team. Um... And I'm still that that circle shit they did in the Super Bowl still brings me nightmares. <laughs> um, yeah, but and I mean Andy was great for the Eagles too. So we all know Andy Reid is a huge part of that team. But for you to win a Super, go to four AFC championships. I think he's been to the AFC Championship like it's what four or five years straight now. Yeah, five. Mm-hmm. Five years straight. Yeah. Five straight AFC Championships. Two Super Bowls. Two wins, one loss in the Super Bowl. So the while the coordinate while the the coach is you know the head coach Andy's Andy and he's one of the best to, in the business like the coordinators still have a job to do. And we all know, like, just because Andy is doing a lot of the coaching doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't have much to do with it at all. Correct. Because I remember on those two plays, Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony scored, the guys in the Chiefs locker room were saying the enemy pointed that out, that you guys do that. Uh, a week before, you know, when they were in a film session and they were watching film, he was like, these guys, when the, when they see the, the the motion, they pass off the guys. So, and the Jaguars did it against you guys. They passed off the guy. I mean, you guys passed off the guy against the Jaguars, and that's really who he got to play from. And then the Jaguars uh, ran the thing with their running back out into the flat. He scored. But um, the enemy was the guy that pointed that out. So then it's like, it's like, LaShawn McCoy, what he says is like the enemy doesn't talk in there, he doesn't mm-hmm. say anything. It's all Andy Reid. 
this, that, and the third. But then you have guys that are saying that, you know, the enemy is the guy that pointed this out, and that's why we scored these two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. But yeah. then you also have guys like Travis Kelsey saying on his podcast, as far as I know, it's Andy calling those plays. What's really going on in Kansas City? That's the investigative <laughs> yeah. serious and investigative but, reporting needs to be done so here. We'll see now because they're in two different spots. Mm-hmm. But you here's know. the thing, though, because everybody's like, the enemy doesn't need, you know, to to prove himself. Nobody else has had to, you know, prove themselves to get a head coaching job. And and why is he going there when it's so easy to be just the offensive coordinator for the for the Chiefs? You can just ride Andy's coattail. And look, if you're a true competitor, and especially if you want to be a head coach in this league. You, you, you want a challenge. You, you don't want to, you know, you don't want people to say, oh, because of this or because of that. You want to be able to do it on your own. So listen, since he's gotten there, two guys have already gone. He's gotten rid of two guys already that were on the offensive ends of things. I forgot. I was reading the article this morning. I forgot who he got rid of, but two guys are already gone from Washington's coaching staff. The enemy made those moves from what the article said. Um, but it's set up perfectly now for him to become a head coach because this yeah. is what I think is going to happen. I think new owner, new ownership, whenever that does happen, is going to let Ron Rivera ride out this year, you know, see where it goes, this, that, and the third. But that's just all, a, you know, just smoke screen, smoke screen because the enemy is going to be the head coach next year. I think Ron doesn't leave the team. He becomes our defensive coordinator and Jack Del Rio gets the hell out of here. Hmm. Clip that, Isaac. <laughs> I will. I will clip that. <laughs> Can he see the future? Um. Um. But I really believe. I, me as a commander fan, I have no choice but to believe in this guy. I hope I he know. nothing <laughs> but great things. I hope Lashawn McCoy is wrong. I believe Lashawn McCoy is wrong, but there's another side of me that says, you know, maybe the guy might be right because I've heard Travis Kelsey say himself, and that Travis Kelsey. I believe anything that comes out of Travis Kelsey's mouth about that offense before LeSean McCoy's mouth any day mm-hmm. because Travis McKelsey is Travis Kelsey has been the guy in that offense for years now. Mm-hmm. So if he say Andy Reid calling the plays, Andy Reid calling the goddamn plays. Yeah. So I hope the enemy can change that narrative this year. But here's the thing too. So, How much has he learned under Andy Reid? To help him be an offensive, co- a real offensive coordinator. One thousand percent correct. Exactly. So, and uh, the the main thing I have to say about this, as an Eagles fan and as a Phillies fan, for the love of God, stop giving me tough divisions. <laughs> it's I, so I, annoying. I hope do that. I cannot do that. Because the only the only team that's not going to be competitive next year that you would think wouldn't be competitive next year is Washington. And then they go and get Eric Bieniemy, who, because nobody would think he would just switch from switch teams. He would just go from OC to HC, but now he went to offensive coordinator for the freaking commanders. And now it's potentially going to just be a good division and just piss me off. If he somehow changes Sam Howell and Sam Howell comes into this crazy ass quarterback, if we end up, Listen, 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 listen. <laughs> yeah. Just know 
people won't hear the end of me. This podcast will be blowing up. Last thing I want is for you guys to become confident because you guys already have a good team. All we need is a quarterback. If Sam can be that quarterback, we're going to be okay. Because they were talking about today, we are 99.99% franchise tagging De'Aaron Payne. So that means that whole defense is back next year. Mm-hmm. With, a healthy, with a healthy Chase Young, that has to prove his point because they don't even want to pick up his fifth-year option right now. That's crazy. After his rookie year, I thought for sure he was going to be like something stupid. We'll see. I I I hope that this leads to good things. I'm I'm rooting for Washington now that they have the enemy. Um, sorry, Kylie. I know you're. I know that that makes you feel. But um. Oh, we have the recipe to beat them. Don't even worry about it. We got something for them. You're gonna take that, Kylie. You're gonna take that from him. It's the closest you'll get to a Super Bowl. Fight back. No, it's not. We'll be there. Left hand. I'm up. not gonna shit talk. I'm not gonna shit talk because every time I do it, buzz me in the ass. I just know that you know you and a couple of my other friends are Washington fans. So while I hate the team, I love you guys. So if you guys end up succeeding and it doesn't hinder us, I'm fine with it. Just Boo. let us get a ring first. Let us get a ring first. No. Boo, I want violence. Kill each other. You'll get that. We'll be back in the NFC. Twice a year. For Dallas. I, well, no, I believe that. No, I believe in that. I mean, obviously. The the, the freaking, the, man, everybody's going to be in the NFC Championship game before Dallas is. <laughs> yeah, Dallas is some shit. The Broncos are going to be in the NFC Championship game before Dallas is, and they play in the AFC. Come on. <laughs> um, now that's a stretch, but yes. Is it though? Is it? Is it really a stretch to say that when Dallas has what five playoff wins since '96? Zeke could be on a move all season. You know that. Zeke should have been on the move when he went to Cabo, dude. I would have sent his ass to, to the Sun. I always I said, three years now. I said for three years now, I like Tony Pollard better than Zeke. Yeah, me too, dude. He, like, as soon as a running back call, like pulls that stunt for money, out, you're a running back. Calm, calm yourself. Like, We've gotten way off script today, but I love this option. <laughs> hey, no, I, I, I have no problem. I have no problem having more long discussions. Um, I actually do have a discussion topic I want to bring up. Um, Shoot. It's unrelated to anything that we really saw this past um, in, in, a, in the sports we talked about, but it's something I had an issue with. Kylie knows what I'm talking about because we worked together and she had to hear oh, yeah. So I've been thinking about this for a while now. I'm curious what your guys' opinions are. Sports broadcasting kind of sucks. Yeah. At least it does in its current iteration. Hear me out. Here's why I say this. Um, Sports broadcasting, I have noticed in recent years, ever since I got into the world of broadcasting myself, I've noticed it just not live up to the standards that were taught when you first get into the industry. Everything feels hyper-commercialized and way too focused on the personalities who are calling the games rather than the games themselves. 
And I bring this up because I was thinking about this because last Sunday I'm watching Fox's presentation at the Daytona 500 and they're doing a terrible job. You know, constantly cutting to commercial, the announcer sounding bored during the biggest event of the year. And at first I thought, oh, this is just a motorsports thing because no one cares about motorsports in America. But then I looked back at some other broadcasts and realized this is an actual industry problem. Think about which of the big uh, big uh, TV networks that cover sports. Which one of them actually talk about the sports or seem focused on the sports? I, 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 love, I love that you brought this up, Isaac, because – I have a lot to say about this too. Do you know they told Tony Romo not to do the play-by-play that he was doing? You know how Tony Romo used to call out the play before it was happening? Yeah, it was – Stop that. The, and like, he's not allowed to do that anymore. And you, I, I, I started to go back and start to listen to Tony Romo's broadcasting this year, and he doesn't do that anymore. And I was like, wow, they really took that away from this man. But that was gr- that was a great part of his broadcasting. Like That was part of him. And I'll tell you why they probably did that. So I was I was talking with one of our coworkers, um, Monica's coworkers, about this. I was thinking about all the networks that cover sports, and I kind of ranked them like this: CBS is at the top. Their coverage is limited because they only cover a handful of sports. They only really do golf, a couple of college football conferences, the NFL, and March Madness. But their stuff, but their stuff is top tier. They don't have a lot of big name analysts or big personalities. But they make up for it with incredible coverage in which they seem to focus on what's happening on the field. I think that's why they told Tony to stop that because they were like, you're getting a little espn there, buddy. You need to calm down, which I don't like because that was cool. But at mm-hmm. the same time, I I would understand why CBS would try it, even though I disagree with it. It's something I don't like that. I think next is um, ABC. They really don't have a lot. They're more connected to ESPN. But when they do get something to broadcast, they do a great job of it. Then below that is NBC. NBC covers a lot of sports, but let me tell you this. Sunday Night Football's presentation is top tier. Um, You know, all their motorsports presentations, top tier. Um, NBC does a lot of more odd one-off sports like horse racing or the Olympics, but whenever they do it, they do a really good job, you know? I think NBC and CBS work because they have very few sports they actually cover, so they have more places to work with. Then you get to the mid tier. This is where you get a lot of the streaming platforms like Amazon or other or other live streams where it's like, okay, there could be more there, but they're working with limited funding, so you gotta give them a break. Then you get to like ESPN. They have so much to cover, but they really just more focus on the um the 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 focus isn't really on the sports. It's on, it's on the entertainment, the entertainment and the personalities that they have, because when they do cover sports, ESPN does a great job. ESPN's presentation is great, but the problem is it's hard to that you often get distracted by the personalities. And then at the bottom is Fox. Fox is terrible. And I'll go into more detail on that later. But that's where I have them placed because I feel like CBS is like CBS and ABC are like the pinnacle of that's what sports broadcasting should be. And everyone mm-hmm. else is trying to catch up to them or in some cases going the other option. <laughs> Fox. <laughs> So here's the thing. Um, this is just going to be personal with me because I, I love my teams. I watch them all the time. So what I love about the Phillies and the Sixers, which is why I tend to have more of, a, of an appreciation for watching those games than Eagles games lately. Um, but the Phillies are partnered with NBC Sports. And our main guys are Tom McCarthy 
and John Crook. John Crook used to play for us, and Tom McCarthy is our um, our regular guy, our play-by-play, whatever. He does he does damn near every game. And you like you can actually hear him call a couple football games. He he does those too. But he's he's our Phillies guy, and so I think I've been spoiled with that a little bit because we have great commentary both for the regular broadcast and the radio because Scott Fransky and I. I'm blanking. I don't listen to the radio, but everybody loves them too. So we, we have this network of, of broadcasters that are great. And then you have Apple TV come in and do a game or two, which the graphics for the Apple TV cameras, freaking incredible. If we could have Apple TV equipment, with local broadcasts, I think that's the way to go, and I think that should be for every sport. Yeah, and I think I, I think local broadcasting. I think I forgot to put that in, but local broadcasts for like uh, MLB or regional it's great games. That is like the actual top tier because they yeah. they don't have the budgets that the big networks do, but they take a ton of they they do their research. They do an incredible good job, and part of that is because they don't have as much to cover. But mm-hmm. I think. Here's something I was thinking about. So when I was, I, I so when I was uh, all upset about Fox's coverage of the Daytona 500, some you of my were issues, pissed. Well, my three big issues, and these can apply to all sports, is this: the issue with first is commercials. I think there's way too much, there's too much advertising in sports now, and that's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Companies want to get their markets out there. Um, in the terms of motorsports, we've reached a point in our society where it's it's unacceptable to cut away from the live action at any point. And if you're mm-hmm. going to have commercial breaks, have them by side by side. And I do, and I would say do the same for any any sport because. That really, you get a um, because you know there's a lot that happens during those timeouts when they go to commercial break, and I feel like I, another thing I think is that I think a lot of I think a lot of of uh, cultures, uh, especially American culture, we've gotten to the point where we no longer tolerate advertisements as much. If you see something on TV, you aren't thinking like I want to go buy that. You know, you're thinking you're like, this is this is annoying. Get off my screen. Go back to the especially game. you, Burger King. Yeah, I mean burger. Yeah, I mean it's 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 really it's it's it has the opposite intended effect. I don't think ad execs mm-hmm. really are curious. But there's just too much advertising. Everything yeah. everything feels corporate and you know sterilized. Like yeah. we're afraid to say stuff to scare off the announcers. And I'm not saying this as if you know you know oh this PC bullshit. We need to go back where announcers can speak their minds. No, I'm just saying you know it, it gets to the point where it Local feels like broadcasts. They, yeah, they get it. Um, there's an issue with announcers sounding bored in some events, you know, or just mm-hmm. rambling on about what's not happening. The biggest sin that broadcast sports broadcasters can do is not do play-by-play. And that is something mm-hmm. that so many broadcasters struggle with is that instead of doing actual play-by-play of what's happening, they'll just start talking about what it. Yeah. If you come from a radio background, you know how to do play-by-play. Uh, but if not, it's going to be a lot more difficult. Now, here's the thing with that, because our guys for the regular broadcast for the Philly, I mean, Calvin, the Mets have SNY. Um, we got Michael I don't, Pay. I don't know what the Yankees, who the Yankees use. We have um, Yes. We have the Yes Network. That's right. The Yes Network. That's right. With that's Michael right. K, the best announcer in all of baseball. Y'all can go. For I, I do. I do really like uh, Michael K. That's oh, awesome. Um, there he actually. The, uh... He's the guy that did the uh, Phillies Cardinals games, and when Harper had that home run, there it goes. See ya. See ya. That's in my mind, That's in my mind forever. I so, love him. 
you know, there's regular broadcasts. You know, Joe Davis is another guy that I absolutely love. Who's Joe not- da- yeah. And let me ask you, all the guys that, like, we really love, think about where they get their start. If you go on Wikipedia, you'll see a lot of them got their start in radio. That's yeah, the thing. Tom McCarthy, um, he, they, what we do, they do is they kind of stray away a little bit from the play-by-play necessarily. Um, a little bit they have, but the, the stories are funny and the, the conversations are really good and you do not miss any he, they, they do not miss any special moment. Like when Harper had the walk-off Grand Slam, when Harper had the game-tying Grand Slam, yeah. when Harper hits a lot of Grand Slams, um, when Bryson Stott hit the walk-off three-run home run against the Angels. Uh, just these moments he does not miss, even with telling stories. So if you can tell stories but not miss any of the action, I think that's fine. Because you know who does, does a great job of that in the NBA? Hmm. Mike Breen. Oh, Mike mm, Breen is one of the yeah. best. He's one of the best. That's I I, I'm not saying when I brought up this topic, I'm not saying that sports broadcasters, like the actual broadcasters, the guys behind the mic, aren't necessarily the bad part. They're You're actually saying the broadcast the ones, itself. Not just the the broadcast just sterilized. I'm more annoyed about the analysts behind the scenes and the personalities that some of these big uh, big broadcast companies have doing all of their regular stuff. So like some of the ESPN personalities, I cannot stand. I love the yes, PTI and- guy. I love Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon on PTI. They're great. I watch them every evening at work. But the rest of them, man, I, I cannot stand Max Kellerman. Stephen A. Smith is a great sports writer, but he gets on my nerves way too often. And let me yeah. just tell you about this. I know he's not on any major sports network anymore because he basically got fired for being a racist piece of ass. But um, Mad Dog? Jason Whitlock. Jason Whitlock can go fuck himself. Have you ever heard Jason Whitlock oh, yeah. talk? <laughs> Jason Whitlock, for whatever he, reason, he, has decided, huh, that's an interesting topic. I'm going to try and make and say something so offensive about it that he'll want to kill me. Jason Whitlock just he's uh I don't mm, I don't I don't understand. Jason Whitlock pisses me off. <laughs> I'm glad he does. I'm glad he's not hired by anybody right now. He is so frustrating. Skip Bayless is frustrating too. Skip Bayless is the worst. He, he shouldn't have That's he's at, terrible. And this is okay. I'm going to say something that's really controversial now cuz I wanted to get to this point because there's something cuz Fox Fox is the one network in particular that has really been dropping the ball lately. And Fox does something. I got and again, just before before I even say this, I need to give some context because I know somebody out there is going to listen to this and be like, Isaac needs to be canceled for what he's about to say. Just so we're clear, I have family who fought in the military. I have utmost respect for our soldiers. With that being said, whenever Fox does an event, for, what doesn't whenever Fox does an event that is even slightly related to the military, Ask yourself this question. Do they ever actually talk about the NFL games on an NFL week when they're doing one of their broadcasts live from an aircraft carrier? Do they no. even mention the actual games? They don't. The Fox does the same thing with the uh, the NASCAR race on Memorial Day weekend. They don't ever talk about the actual race in the pregame. In the, in the pregame. They just talk about military stuff. And again, I want to make it very clear. I have utmost respect for our soldiers. I have family who is in the military. But at some point, somebody's got to get in there to the Fox execs and tell them, look, there are games going on. We should talk about them too. 
there is a way to balance respect for the country and the military and, and also give coverage to the games. And th normally this wouldn't be a problem. The problem is that it's just there's no coverage when that happens. Yeah, Fox does it. Fox does it once a year, and every time they do it, it's like, oh, turn on CBS this week because Fox isn't going to be showing any actual any actual analysis. And again, it's like it's not a bad thing. It's just when you know the context of why they do it, because mm -hmm. they're being paid by the U.S. Department of Defense, then you're like, ugh. So I know it cancel me for saying that. I know, I know. Hashtag Isaac doesn't care about the troops. Whatever. That's not the point. The point is that's there's a better way to do it is what i'm saying yeah um it's what? it's just it's annoying and I, I think like if you're gonna do nobody likes commercials nobody nope. oh um, the worst but if you're going to do them you got to do side by side for no matter because with baseball you can do it between every inning so that's different but with football you gotta have a tv timeout and it's annoying and stupid and forever and the nhl has that too mm -hmm. um just have it side by side stop with this like extra tv crap just do it side by side nobody cares nobody's gonna watch the commercials regardless so as soon as the commercials are on everybody opens their phone and does whatever like, who actually watches commercials? Nobody. Because nobody cares. So, the only time people watch the commercials is the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl commercials this year were ass. Yeah. Yeah, they really dropped the ball this year. Especially the yeah. whole m When M&M's revealed... The oh, here we go again. When M&M's revealed... We are done with the M&M's. We are done us. with the M&M's. I'm just glad the spokes candies are back. That's all. Yeah, it was a marketing ploy. It was genius. But it was. It was really genius. It got me fired up. It got our stupid selves to talk about it on a podcast for an hour. Like it worked. <laughs> it but... wasn't an hour, but I see your point. <laughs> it's the title of one of our episodes. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so <laughs> um the the commercials really hmm. fell off when they after Puppy Monkey Baby, because Puppy Monkey Baby was freaking hilarious. What makes a good Super Bowl commercial? It's got to be funny. It's got to be random. And it's got to be something useful. Like, everybody likes Mountain... People like Mountain Dew. So there you go. A weird-ass puppy monkey baby thing. Just... That kept... That just kept saying puppy monkey baby. Uh, and has a Mountain Dew. Like, that... That is a funny... It's stupid, and it's funny. I mean, it, like, it also... Also, you could have commercials that really make a big impact. Like, you, have you guys uh, seen yeah. the, the Apple... The Apple 84 commercial? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that that that's incredible. Um people lack creativity now. I feel like it's it's less of people lacking creativity. Well, it is mo actually no, yeah, it is mostly people lacking creativity, but I also think there's a part of it that's um that's people just, you know, sanitizing it for corporate sponsors. Yeah, it's And that's a that that's a struggle because I feel like yeah. You ever think, and this is oh, we're gonna get into conspiracy theory territory now. You ever think hey, let's that, do it. You ever think that the corporate sponsors push the NFL to push the NFL to over to like look away from certain on field events just to like get the product to be better? Yeah, of course. 
okay, yeah, I know. Good. Just make sure that's not really a conspiracy theory. It's just because I was thinking about it. It's like, you know, the Nolan no call, as much as I loved seeing the Saints cry, that was pass interference. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, which I was trying to. But I you know thinking, what it did? It got everybody talking about it, didn't it? It did. And I was thinking that's about why it Elon with- Musk does all this crazy Twitter crap because it gets people talking about Twitter and using Twitter, which if makes only- them money. Ugh, Elon, here's the thing about Elon Musk. We're really getting off target with sports today. Look, but we all okay. know we're he's rambling. A we all know he's a tool bag, but I'm just saying, like, Elon Musk. the NFL just looks away from things because it gets people talking, it gets people watching films, it gets people, it gets the numbers up, it gets people watching and talking and everything what getting if, involved. What if we just, like, as a society, the NFL does something stupid and we just, as a society, say no and just ignore it? What if. That, I mean, that would never good happen. Luck. That yeah, will good never luck happen. Good luck. In. But yeah, that's literally the only way to demand change is to just stop it. And the last good thing the NFL did was do international games. Was it the last good thing they ever did? To my knowledge, because every every penalty rule they make. It just yeah. gets bit in the ass the next year. Nobody likes the taunting rule they came up with because everybody just likes to joke around and talk shit, but they can't even do that anymore without getting 15 yards called on them or is it whatever, however many yards it is. Like, so the NFL just doesn't care about this product, and it's so clear. And Calvin, we talked about this the very first time you came on. Um, about how people just don't care about either their team or their sport. And I think Rob Manfred is a clear example of not caring about the sport. Uh, Goodell just wants views. Um, He embraces the chaos, and you can tell because he lets people boo him before every draft. It's become a tradition at this point, so much so that they did something for the COVID draft. That is how much of a tradition that is. So these guys do not care about the sport. They do not care about their teams. And there's very few that do. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world because here we are buying the merch, watching the sport, you do uh, going through the apps to watch the game, whether legal or not so legal. And, you know, like, yeah, I get it gets people talking, but I, for me, I would rather have a good product than people just hating on it but still watching it. It's always about finding the 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 fine line. Happy medium, happy medium, happy medium between be it's sport and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Because and I hate that argument. By the way, I hate that argument when somebody says, "Well, it's not sport anymore; it's just entertainment." People make that argument about all kinds of things. I, I it's hear it all. True, but I hear it all. I hear it all the time as a motorsports fan, and I just hate it so much. But uh, it, it applies to everything, and I think like that whole argument doesn't make sense to me because at the end of the day, sports are entertainment, no matter what. Yeah, but uh, the problem is the you problem. Know what they mean. I know what they mean, and I know I know what they mean. I just I find it like sports are entertainment to begin with. But they're also right. so much more than that. And I feel like yeah. that's what a lot of corporate companies and sponsors don't understand is that they're more than just an entertainment grab bag. Mm-hmm. You know, that's more why you see. Grab. Yeah, that's why you see all of these um, international players dominating the NBA 
because in the international mm-hmm. games, especially like when you look at Luca, bro, Luca would destroy anybody in the European League because of um the uh the roles there. The foul calls are a lot uh, less called, and there's stuff like that. So there's a reason why international players are so much better when they come here. It's because here, it's commercialized. It's Americanized. It's all about That's, the money. I'm, I'm, I'm clipping that. I'm clipping you that. Should. Was that 52, 58? Okay, I'm clipping that. Um, man, I... Getting a little bit back on track, I, I, I think there needs to be a revolution in sports broadcasting. I think there needs to be a point where we say we, we make it back about the sports. I think yeah. we tell the corporate sponsors, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to compromise on this. All right. We'll have our analysts and we'll have our personalities, but we're weeding it out. We're making mm-hmm. it about the sports again. We're no longer going to accept, you know, we're – you guys remember when Brooklyn got eliminated from by Milwaukee in like 2021 in last the year Eastern Conference Finals, and yep. it shot. And there was a shot of Michael Wilbon and Stephen A. Smith looking shocked and horrified that a small market team just beat Brooklyn. Yeah, 2021. You remember that? Yeah, I think about that all the time. Is that was the moment that the sport sports world rose up against ESPN's personalities? Like, <laughs> Fuck y'all! And because everybody was convinced Brooklyn would go all the way, and that was Milwaukee no. based. Basically saying, yeah, no. Here's the thing, though. While Brooklyn still had a chance to send it to 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 win in overtime, they were at half a KD foot size away from beating Milwaukee and having a cakewalk to winning the finals. The reason they lost is because KD's foot is too damn big. If it was half a size shorter, literally half a size shorter, it would have been a three. That, that the, sounds, the, that the sounds like, won the game. Was Kyrie healthy? I no, no, he wasn't. It wasn't. James beat. Harden was hurt. KD was the only one he that was, was healthy. He wasn't beating the Suns. I don't care. Wasn't the way he was beating the Suns. They were gonna beat the Suns. I guarantee it. I'm gonna be honest. This is why Milwaukee beat the Suns with just Giannis because Giannis has a great, a lot of great role. Respect players. Chris Middleton. Listen. Giannis had a lot of great role players around him. Plus, That's he true. beat the shit. The Nets bench was not that deep. On top of that, what really did they have around KD? He was dropping 50 a night damn near. That's true. He was dropping 50. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Harden had his hamstring issue. And Kyrie, I forget what happened with Kyrie. Um I, actually, I don't know if he was hurt or if it was because of his vaccine. I, it could have been the vaccine. Oh, yeah. I remember that was a thing. Yeah. Ah. So, like, we would not only – I I if KD – Ain't no brawn. <laughs> All I heard was LeBron. What did you say? I respect KD. He ain't no brawn, though. The closest oh, thing – Oh, of course I- not. The closest thing I've seen to Braun, he still has a lot of work to do, but it's Giannis. Once Giannis gets his game yeah. right, he'll be the closest thing to Braun. So mm-hmm. didn't Giannis, didn't both Giannis and LeBron get hurt in the All-Star game? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we started this episode talking about how no one cares about the All-Star game anymore, and yet somehow the two best players in the league both got hurt playing in it. Makes you wonder. Or- 
According to ESPN, LeBron's the eighth best player in the league. Well, that you see the problem with ESPN. There's I mean, like players better than LeBron. Like it, it, I saw you thinking over there. There is. I was trying to think. I was like, are there eight players? No. 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 Who else is at thirty-eight? Is going to be dropping thirty a night? Who could they have picked? I guess they probably picked like KD, Giannis. Jokic. Yeah, you know, all those young Dude, I saw one last thing before we go. I saw this video by some um, independent creator on YouTube who was talking about how once all of the, like the big stars that we grew up with retire, the NBA is kind of screwed because yeah. the new the new cats who are coming in they do not care about team basketball. They only care no. about you know getting those highlights. They're highlight hoopers, as he called them. He, he looked at the two young guys in. Uh, in Houston right now, whose names are escaping me. What is it? Jalen Brunson and Jalen, Jalen Green and Jalen Green and and uh ah, something. Porter. Yeah, those he's, he's, he was talking about how yeah those guys are uh yeah they 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 don't care about they don't care about teamwork. That's the reason Houston's so bad. And I was thinking about it, it's like yeah once those guys go like none of the other young guys in the league right now really are that that focused on. I won't say chemistry. all that's true. I won't say all that's true because yes, we will be losing LeBron, KD, Steph, all those guys. But Jason Tatum is a goddamn competitor. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I, as I have much as, as much as I hate the Celtics. Tatum, I is freaking love Tatum. Competitor. So he he's gonna. Play. His son's adorable too. Yeah, he is. He he's gonna he's gonna play the game as if he wants to go win a championship. It's not about the highlights. It's not about the money. Like if you took the money away from Jason Tatum, I guarantee you he's still playing the NBA. He's one of those guys that you know could be a billionaire and he'd still be playing in the NBA. Like he truly loves the game of basketball. Uh, uh, another guy like that, I'll probably say is Luca. Like yeah, uh, Embiid. And B, you know, I would say Kyrie, but Kyrie's getting up there too. Kyrie coming to the end of his career, whether we like to say it or not. Like Kyrie getting up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to say it, but Jokic is up there too, even if you, you don't like him. I know you don't like him, Kyrie, yeah, but Jokic you can't help. Ball. You can't help. He's a baller. Jokic My least favorite player in the he's NBA. You have to. You have to admit that, Kyrie. You have to admit that he, he is. He is good. Well, yeah. Now, not as good crazy. as people say, he, but yeah. He's That's crazy. Fair. He's crazy. I, I didn't think. Yeah, he's crazy at passing. I think the NBA is for now in safe hands, but I did agree with that guy in saying like there could be a problem down the line if more highlight hoopers get into the league. Because... Definitely, like when when mm-hmm. when Bronies and those guys get in the league, hell yeah, it's those are highlight hoopers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think LeBron is. I think LeBron is like Not nailed Bronny in some teamwork in. Bronny himself isn't going to be a highlight hooper because of who his dad is, but yeah, that generation there, that generation there is highlight hoopers. Uh, I call. Speaking him. of Bronny, he's projected to go tenth, tenth overall Ten- to the Magic, Magic or something. And you remember LeBron said back in the bubble in 2021, "No Orlando." Hiring, <laughs> it's over. Wow, LeBron, yeah. this will be a great test to uh, see. I hope what happens is that. After Bronny gets drafted, he's projected to get drafted this draft, right? Next no. draft. Next he has, draft. He's, so this is his senior year. He just finished. He'll do one year in college, and then he'll go to the NBA. I if hope he, whatever, year in college, he might play overseas or something like that. 
I hope what happens is that after he gets moved up, he joins the NBA. I hope what happens is that LeBron stays on for one last year, and no matter what happens, they either get to play with each other or play against each other. Oh, he's one hundred percent going to be playing with Brian. Yeah, he's going to play. No doubt. He's already said that. He said, "I want to play with my son." Like that's his mm-hmm. goal. I, yeah, I, and- I I don't care if LeBron has to sit out a couple of like ten games per season to maintain his Nobody health. Nobody does. Like Nobody yeah, cares. At the end of the day, I he ha- I I want this to happen. The, it will I, help me get back into basketball because I have I not think, been into it this year. I, I I'm not going to lie to you. I think next year when Bronny does get drafted, I think that's LeBron's last year. It's going to suck to I, see. I think he gave it away to us in the All-Star game because there was a clip. He was like, man, I'm old. I'm old as hell. A couple more years. Yeah. I mean, he's pulling at Tom Brady right now, continuing to produce at an incredible level despite his age. Less of an asshole, though. Much less of an asshole. I love LeBron, man. I, I, I may think Jordan's better, but LeBron, I think, is the best player I've ever seen in person. Wait. Yeah. Was he on the Cavs when they came to visit the Wizards that year? He may not have been on the team. That was a while ago. I was at that. I was at that Cavs Wizards game when he hit that crazy ass three. Of course you were. Yeah, that was the that was the Cavs Wizards game that I went to. Was, was it playoffs? No, that wasn't playoffs. That was regular season. They were on a the Wizards were on a twenty game win streak at that time. Yeah, oh. that was back when the Wizards, Bill, John Wall, they had a squad. They they, they mm-hmm. were like that, and then. I was watching an interview with John Wall the other day. He was like, if I don't get injured at the end of that season, we would beat the shit out of the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I had to sit there and think about it. And I was like, they probably would have. They get every game that year the Cavs and Wizards played, they the the game was separated by like three points every time. That's with a healthy LeBron, with a healthy Kyrie. But the Wizards just had a better bench. So I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like John Wall has some – some. I would have loved to see that series. That would have been a great series. I hope John Wall comes to Philadelphia. I know he's not who he used to be or anything, and nah, we don't is. really – We don't he really need who he used that. To be. The Clippers just didn't allow him to be. You think? I watched I watched a couple of Clippers games this year. And I was watching John Wall this one game. He scored 11 straight points. I said, oh, yeah, he still got it. He's this, He was – Man, like once once Jordan retired and Gilbert Arenas had that gun issue back in the day, like John <laughs> Wall was my guy. Like he was my favorite player without question. Like I had his jersey, his shirt, like he was my guy. And it sucks like when I you know, I my fandom is Sixers and Wizards. Like those are my teams. I'll end the Bulls because of Jordan and Joe Kim Noah. But I love the Wizards, and when we treated him, it really made me upset, of course. Um, so hopefully the Sixers can get him. I don't care what anybody else says. I want John Wall. Even with the way his career has gone, and even if it ended today, he's going to be one of those guys that are talked about forever. It doesn't matter because yeah. he came out of college, had his own shoe right off the break. Like, he had everybody going crazy with the Dougie. Like, I was just going to say, he did the Dougie his first game. Yeah, like, like he, he, he's a household name. Like, yeah. John Wall is a household name. At Kentucky, at the Wizards, like, you know, you can go in D.C. and a lot of people can tell you about John Wall. People love John Wall, just like you said, Kyle. Like, he, 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 like, he's a face of D.C., so people will mention John Wall forever. That's mm-hmm. just like, I was just having an argument with somebody yesterday. Percy Harvin, 
is one of those guys I will always mention forever in the NFL mm-hmm. or football in general because people forgot about Percy Harvin, but he was actually a great, great aspect to the league. He just had the concussion problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me John Walter Philly if that happens. It's, like, it's, I don't care if he's there for a day, dude. I'm buying that jersey. It's sad. It's sad our athletes are coming to an end. I, I know. It makes me feel sad. old. I know. It's it's sad, man. It's like, damn. Damn. Like, I'm going to be honest. Not having a season with Brady next year is going to be weird as hell. Like, when Peyton it's Manning, be great. When Peyton Manning first was love it. it was kind of weird. Like, it was weird as shit. Like, and now it's like Tom Brady's gone. You know, like, we got to see 32 teams and not one of them has Tom Brady. Not on the bench. Nothing. Like, Tom Brady really gone. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, we watched this guy our whole childhood. Well, yeah, we don't know. We don't know football without Tom Brady in it. There's that new study out that says that adult true adulthood doesn't begin until the age of 25. So, I mean, I, I, I'm newly 25. I turn 25 soon. I'll be, Jesus, I'll be 26 soon. Yeah, you old as hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. You live one day at a time, and live. You live every day the fullest you can, and they all slow down, and you realize just how long 25 years is, and you don't get as freaked out as much by it. That's what I found. That's true. That's true. I, I, I think back, I'm like, damn, I accomplished so much in 25 years. Shit, the next 25 is going to be even. That was so long. Oh, thank God, the next 25 is going to be just as long. The thing yeah. is, I actually look at it sometimes like that because I put myself in my parents' shoes sometimes, and I'm looking at it from their side like, damn, I got a 25-year-old. Like, 25 years ago, I had this kid, and now – he's 25 and he has his own kid it's just like i can only imagine to my parents mind that's crazy like or even y'all's parents minds to just think like damn i have a 25 year old like that's crazy like to think yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's weird it's wild bro it, it flies by but it also takes forever childhood yeah. is a weird thing stay young kids and by that stay i mean young don't... Don't lose that. Don't lose that childlike enthusiasm for stuff. You know how hyped up I get sometimes when my favorite sports teams are playing, where something oh, cool yeah. happens. You got to keep that because if you lose yeah, that, yeah. man, you just start seeing life all gray and shit. You want to yeah. keep that positivity. I, I tweeted this the other day, and I'll stand by this. I see so many people who act so negative about everything all the time, and I understand life. So I'm not going to judge people. You know, of course, I, I don't know what somebody's situation is, but at the same time. Actually, there is no but because I don't want to judge people's situations. The point I'm trying to make is this. you know, Once you find what makes you happy in life, do it. Because you will find that it becomes so much easier to get through each day. Yes. And yes. on that note, Absolutely. on that note, we want to thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. I know you probably noticed how we kind of have changed up the format just a little bit. We're kind of doing more like in-depth discussions. And I have been enjoying doing that because, you know – Getting lost in the sauce in a way is wow. Mm-hmm. Came out, the came out. <laughs> Getting lost in the sauce. It feels a little better than just kind of reciting news stories. Uh, yeah. With that being said, um, we will be doing a MLB season uh, preview, making some predictions before the season begins. Spring training starts up. Uh, first game is Saturday for the Phillies. I don't know about the Yankees or the Mets. I assume it's Friday or Saturday. I don't care about um, spring training games. Just give me our first game of the, just give me the Giants for opening day. Wait, before we go, I got to end this with this. Why isn't Chad Johnson a Hall of Famer? 
Make Ocho Cinco a Hall what, of Famer. What is, what is Chad Johnson's career statistics? Hang on. I, I, I just I just just had it the other day. I saw it on Twitter. And remember, Chad, John- we, Chad Johnson got blackballed out the league. Let's not yeah. forget that. Chad Johnson was a three-time first-team All-Pro, one, one-time second-team All-Pro, six Pro Bowls, led the league in receiving yards once. But listen, I, I guess seven seven hundred sixty-six catches, eleven thousand fifty-nine yards, sixty-seven touchdowns. Okay, now I'm not even going to tell you this guy's name right here. I'm just going to tell you his stats, and you tell me if he should be in the Hall of Fame because this next guy that I'm about to mention is in the Hall of Fame. All right, so let's let's remember. Hold on, hold on, Chad Johnson. All right, so seven hundred sixty-six catches. 11,059 yards, 67 touchdowns. That's Chad Johnson. The other guy, 940 catches, 12,721 yards, 68 touchdowns. One less touchdown, 176 less catches, and uh, 1,662 less yards. And that's because he got blackballed out of the league. But he only had one less touchdown on 174 less catches. I'd put him in. Yeah, of course. I'd put him in. That other guy that's in the Hall of Fame is Art Monk. Ooh. Oh. Don't get me wrong. I love Art Monk. He's part of my my team, my history. So, his, But his stats say that. His stats tell me Chad Johnson should be in the Hall of Fame. Yep. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. What a way to end the show today, this week. <laughs> <laughs> now, whoever's watching is going to. Start looking around as well. They're gonna yeah. be like, "Damn, Chad should be in all of them." Yeah, Isaac, send us off, buddy. That's gonna do it for today's episode, you guys. Of the Beer Bad Sports Podcast, a proud affiliate of the Fired Up Sports Network. Go ahead and follow all of their uh, podcasts. Um, they're all great. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and all of our social media at uh, at BBS. Why am I messing up on the outro? <laughs> Follow us on all of our socials at BB Sports underscore pod. And you can check out our Twitter bio for our merch, which I showed earlier in the episode. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. You guys check back next week for episode 58. We will see you. Mets Mariners World Series. Book it. Book it.